No quote for this week. <laughs> What's going on, guys? My name is Barry. And this is Colby. And this is Who Watches This. What's going on, guys? Uh, I, like, I love our, our theme song, but as soon as you say theme music, I can't think of it. And so I, I'm sure I never am close. <laughs> oh, man. What's going on, guys? I hope you guys are enjoying uh, our space travel month. Uh, yeah. That's happening so far. Last week, I believe we watched Sunshine. We did. It's still, still super good. <laughs> Uh, but this week we actually watched China's first Hollywood esque type of blockbuster, right? Big blockbuster, and I'm pretty sure it still counts as space travel, <laughs> right? It, it's a little different, but it is definitely traveling in space. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, when, once you have the entire planet become a space shuttle, right? It works, yeah. <laughs> Too bad they couldn't get uh, was it Mogo from Green Lantern, <laughs> the only Green Lantern that's also a planet. Yes, uh, to be traveling in space with you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this week we watch the Wandering Earth Project. Uh, it's uh, it came out I believe last year. Yeah, or I believe twenty eighteen. Yeah, let me look up the Wikipedia page real quick. Oh, yeah. So it came out last year, 2019. It's one of Netflix's exclusive release uh, products. Yeah. Yeah. So we didn't have to search for it. It was just there. So super easy for you guys to watch. Yep. There is no excuse for you not to stream this movie. <laughs> uh, it's really funny because like lately, uh, I think for like the last like 10 years, China's been sort of in this weird cinema like uh black hole i right 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 there was like a bunch of like like a ton of japanese movies that came out and then and then korea has been real big lately um oh, but Korea's yeah, been killing it. but china just kind of yeah like it just fell into the hole <laughs> Well, because, like, in the early, like, 90s, they were, like, up for, like, a Cannes Festival Awards, and they were just, yeah, they were doing so well, and I, I just don't know what's been happening for the recent times, but it, I think they've all, they've all tried to go too, too heavy on the CGI. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's been a, a, a big, a, like, a numerous count of movies where I felt like they they didn't develop plot, they didn't develop any characters. It was just but it was like visually it looked really cool. I, right. You know, but I think the last like movie that China really had on top was probably uh Crouching Tiger Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon. I, that's kind of what I was thinking too. I like I'm not really thinking of anything else that's like just just kind of like blew me away since then yeah and i think it's because like uh you know especially now we've had plenty of movies that were released that weren't good to us but then they said that it was it does real good in china and so <laughs> well right yeah so the americans are making movies to send over there because i think they're only allowed like what five or six releases I, right and I mean, I guess it's been doing pretty well in China, so China's been trying to replicate that, but it just hasn't been going too well for them. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. Uh, but I think I think this movie is a nice like return to form for China, uh, mainly because even though it's like steeped super heavily into science fiction, uh, I watched a couple of like uh, video essays on YouTube where it says this is a real. Chinese esque type of story where, yes, like you know, while you watch this movie, you could just be like, well, why didn't they just build a whole bunch of space stations? But I guess like in in China, in like Chinese like beliefs, there's like a very heavy like belief that stems in like you you know where your homeland is that is like your home. Right. I was actually reading the same things. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. So so we got there. <laughs> 
Right. Um, yeah. Because I mean, like, I mean, you look at it and you're like, obviously, you're like, why would they not just try to find a replacement planet? But yeah, right. Just when, like interstellar. Yeah, but when you have such a, a strong belief about about your home world, your homeland, like your your property. Uh, that it's just it's that important you want to take it with you then why not just rocket up the planet and drag it across space uh but i mean how much of your home is going to be left after they use up all the materials for for it right right i guess then you're going solar hydroelectric after that <laughs> All right, so let's let's get into the story. This movie is is pretty long, uh, so it's over two hours. Yeah, over two hours. Uh, so I won't really be going through it with the same meticulous comb that I usually <laughs> go through things with <laughs> for our hour and twenty minute movies. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so we're just really gonna hit key points. Uh, first, I'm gonna lay out all the major characters on there. Um, it's gonna be really hard because a lot of these are Chinese names. I did. I don't know. I, did you watch it with the dub, Colby? I watched it dubbed. <laughs> See, there's a this is one of our playful little differences. Colby loves to watch the dubbed acting. <laughs> uh, I am more of a a purist, is as they would say. <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird for like like an anime. I I do prefer it subtitled some reason just just a live action just is a little more fun when it's dubbed <laughs> does it just bring you back to like the old kung fu movies I, and yeah stuff it's, like that? it's yeah old, old shaw brother movies and godzilla movies yeah it's just <laughs> uh well okay so the do you want to lay out who the characters are i don't know if they change the character names in the english dub I no, they were they were all they were all they were all very Asian sounding, except for the blonde guy who was like Tom. Oh, Tim. 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 Okay. Uh, so I'm gonna try to do this the best I can. Uh, if you are listening to this and you are a native Mandarin speaker, uh, please go ahead. Uh, you can shoot me a correction on our email <laughs> or our Twitter. Our handle is all, all that information is down below where you can contact us. Right. We're apologizing beforehand. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we have the main character, oh, who I believe is the main character, is Q or, or QI. Or, I, don't, I don't know how to say that. Uh, we have his sister, uh, Dodo. Yeah. Uh, we have the, oh, God, the grandpa. Uh, what's his name? I can't. It's really hard to remember. Uh, we have Grandpa. Uh, right. They do call him Grandpa most yeah. of the time. And then we have Cap, uh, Captain or Lieutenant Lou. Yeah. Who is the father of the main character who is in the space station. And we have the military people. <laughs> uh, we have the t we have Tim who is half Chinese, half Australian. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah. We have Yi Yi who is the dungeon master. <laughs> uh, you know we we don't get to him until much later on uh we have throw up helmet guy I'm... who you know what i'm glad he has a chance later on in the movie to redeem himself in the eyes of the viewer right yeah because that has a lot of barf and helmet <laughs> oh man. we so we have the captain of the military squad we have machine gun mm -hmm. super sweet machine gun we have a female super soldier Yep, and that's it. I remember, there's like two others, but then they die early. Right, it's really just the captain, right? It's... Yeah, well, he's like the main guy. Oh, oh, we also have uh, Magic: The Gathering's favorite uh, vampire, Markov, who is uh, Q's uh, partner, uh, Q's dad's partner in the space station. Yes, uh, this is gonna get really complicated if I try to break it down even more. So I'm just gonna try to hit a major point major stories the situation is we get the sun that is dying and in a hundred years it's gonna explode and then engulf the entire solar system right uh and then we get we get a little bit of the backstory of the cat uh captain lou or sergeant lou uh him leaving his family to go into the space station 
to be a part of the navigating crew that will have the earth uh, that will guide the earth in its two uh 2500 year journey. right yeah 4.5 4. light years. light years so it's like a 2000 year journey yeah and so yeah we get we get a pretty yeah just a pretty uh, exposition heavy opening Right, where, you know, uh, he goes into space. He le- has to leave his he has to leave his kid, his his dad back on Earth, but he makes sure that they get into the underground city because everyone is being put underground so that the, the Earth can travel, and obviously it's going to be right because sunlight. ten thousand rockets and ten thousand underground cities <laughs> because once you, once space gets a or once the Earth moves away from the sun, it'll go into an ice age. Because they'll there won't be a sun to keep it warm. Yeah, and so <laughs> it's already pretty far fetched, but you know, suspend your amount of belief for this time to watch this movie, right? Because if this was an anime, this would be a hundred percent believable. You'd be like, yes, this is obviously what they would do. <laughs> uh, but you know, during this during this transition of like making all these like thrusters on the planet and stopping the Earth, you know, uh, you lose. 3.5 billion people and there's only 3.5 billion people left on the earth right because they because to make it to to be able to put all the thrusters on just one side of the planet they have to stop the planet from rotating so then all of a sudden there's all these natural disasters that are you know definitely take a, a toll on the human population yeah and you know, obviously, the people who are in the navigating station they get special passes for their family. But other than that, it is a very Thanos idea where they draw a lottery. Yeah, lots. Um, I'm pretty sure though, like a lot of the people that did get their families in are like engineers and people who are helping maintain the rockets from going. Oh, right. Yeah, because I mean, if you've got people who are who are doing active things to keep the planet moving, you want their family to survive so that they can pass on their knowledge. And yeah. you have a you, continuing generations of rocket keepers. So we don't just get to the middle of nowhere, cold, dark space and then just stop. <laughs> Which I still don't think there's enough minerals on the planet to keep this rocket going. Right. I, is it just me or <laughs> I got, I guess, like I said, I had to suspend my, Belief, right, that this could happen, right? It could be all like heated from like the core of the earth is heating like water and it's turbines to I don't know. I'm, we, we, I yeah, don't know. Uh, again, just to let you guys know we do not have our degrees in science. No. Why, well, Colby does have a degree in science, I have a degree in psychology of the mind, yeah. So, <laughs> so I could tell you how the rockets feel about having to go <laughs> but only <laughs> have, after, uh, after ex- extensive uh sessions of yeah. right five or ten <laughs> yeah uh but yeah and so we, we we go forward 17 years into the future we we meet up with q who is a genius of sorts uh but he goes to grab dodo his little sister and they go get to get uh boosted space sh- uh spacesuits Yes. So they can go onto the uh, onto the surface of the planet, <clears throat> and you know he he sw- uh, he has his little sister steal his grandpa's uh, driving key. Right, because grandpa is a driver. Is yeah, and then the drivers on the everyone on the surface is there to help continue either re uh, refuel the engine or maintain all the uh, or maintain all the thrusters. Refuel all the thrusters, so that's why there's still people on the surface, right? I mean, but oh man, it is it's really cool because they're 5,000 meters deep into the earth, and so when you first get the first shot of them seeing like outside of Shanghai, mm, mm-hmm. it, it's pretty, yeah, it's it's like weird, but it's like a really cool shot because it's it's nicely it's nicely done, oh, yeah, but it's yeah. also like wildly depressing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and so we we, we uh, the first half of this mo- movie we're just really 
establishing characters and character plots and what's happening. So at this point, obvious for some reason, there's still police up on the <laughs> like military on the front, which I guess makes sense. Right. Uh, but, you know, they get caught. They get thrown into prison. Q's grandfather has to drive five hours to the station that they got took to bail them out. Right. Yeah. And it's fun that porn is still is somewhat of a currency in this world. <laughs> right. It's with porn and old video games. Yeah. It's like VR porn. Um, <laughs> we're really not going to try to focus too much on like the dad in the spaceship. Obviously, there's like a, a subplot that's going on there. It's very space odyssey with how him versus a Moss, who is the how of the. I- Yes, but, but it's not that the it's not that Moss goes rogue. It's that he is super logical, right? Of... And and he has the mission, and it's not I want to hurt people. It's I want to save people. So well, I... it is I want to uh, make sure that the human race goes on. Right. I have a mission to complete, and no matter what, I have to complete it. Yeah, you know, if that robot was Chris Evans, he would have completed I, the shit out of that mission. That's what I was just going to say. He's Captain America from last week's movie. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to go through his subplot later on to the film and have it reconnect to this one. Uh, but, you know, after w- when they're in prison, when the grandpa gets thrown into the prison after trying to bribe them with uh, <laughs> VR pornography, which, I mean, it's it's a pretty sweet... It's a pretty sweet bribe. Not gonna lie, I want to see what this VR porn looks like. <laughs> it's like what twenty sixty or something like that. Um, the world starts to have these earthquakes. Yes, because what they need to do, in which every space movie somehow fits this into it, is they have to slingshot a slingshot over a planet. Use the use a, a certain planet's gravitational pull. To slingshot them into a, a bigger acceleration or whatever. Like yes. That. Yep. Uh, and so the planet that they're using in this one is Jupiter, which man, it like the shots that they have of Jupiter is like really cool. Oh, yeah. super, yeah. duper fantastic. Uh, but Earth, Earth is off its axis for I think nine point eight two degrees, which I'm no Magellan. <laughs> I don't even know if that's the proper guy to go. <laughs> uh, it sounds like it's a lot because in last week's episode, uh, Wong was off by 1.8% and burned everything down. Yeah. Yeah. So it, this it, almost 10% seems like a lot. Yeah. Uh, and so they're getting way too close to Jupiter. So Jupiter's gravity has started to affect Earth and it starts to cause earthquakes all over the place. Right. And, I, it's an interesting concept because it's they the uh, Jupiter starts to its gravitational field starts to suck the atmosphere, which I didn't think off of be. Earth, which makes fantastically beautiful shots. <laughs> I mean, like it is so cool looking. Yeah, because um, it's like sort of like when you that that two liter trick. Uh, science trip yeah. when you yeah yeah so it's really cool because it you it's visually beautiful uh, right but like scientifically horrible yeah <laughs> and so it's since it's changing the atmosphere on earth um it's causing more earthquakes it's causing uh uh tectonic plates it's pretty much earthquakes yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, but it, like planes, there was planes that were flying, and that it can no longer fly because the atmosphere is too light. Yeah, which I'm really, I'm still kind of surprised that at this point, it's been 17 years that the Earth has started to travel. That there's an atmosphere still around the Earth. I, again, I don't know how the science works in this. <sighs> right. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Because there's no more plants and stuff like that. They showed this in a movie, and they wouldn't show it if it wasn't real. <laughs> uh, okay, getting sidetracked. Uh, <laughs> uh, so obviously, uh, so uh, the grandpa, as this prison is colliding and breaking apart, the grandpa, Tim, Dodo, and Q escape 
uh, this thruster as it's cr- crumbling down. And we get really cool, like, little chase scenes. Or not chase scenes, but escaping scenes. Mm. Where, like, it's really cool because when one of the big old, like, rocks hits the hits the back of the car, we get the slow motion anti-gravity shot. Everybody flying, yeah. I And it's like, you're, you're on the surface, so, I mean, every... Every truck that's on the surface driving through this snow and ice is these giant, like, machine trucks. I mean, like, they're that's the bad description. <laughs> the machine trucks. The machine uh, trucks of machines. <laughs> <laughs> these honka tonka. Uh, like big construction trucks. I mean, there's no, it's not cars or anything. I mean, they're just big mammoth trucks. Yeah, because they're really they're supposed to move material from one place to another. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and so as, as they're driving, they get commandeered by a military vehicle, vehicle, because now all of these Earth thruster jets have to be reignited. Yeah, is there like three thousand of them? Yeah, get that turn- have to, that, that get, get turned, turned off. off. Yeah, when the atmosphere starts getting sucked off. And a couple of them were um, along the equator, which are the biggest ones. Yeah. And so, yeah. So they ha- it, so now it becomes a delivery uh, delivery mission. Yep. To save the human race, you know, I'm really surprised the Fast Nine or whatever the Fast and the Furious crew wasn't sober on this. <laughs> I mean, the last movie, the Fast and the Furious franchise, has to be some sort of. Save the world. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, aren't they all save the world? I haven't watched since the third one. So <laughs> at this point, they, they become like what scary movie became after the second one. Yeah, that, that's probably a good way to say it. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah and so it, we, we got some really cool uh, things in here. So as they're trying to travel through this valley, we get a really nice monologue from the grandfather talking about how shanghai used to be you know know. yeah and kind of almost like the story of the 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 noodles noodles and his wife who wasn't such a good cook but after coming home he would still eat it because she made the effort yeah or something like that so you know a little foreshadowing sprinkling a little bit of i'm this guy's gonna die (laughs) (laughs) you know which really really sucks but i mean it was such a like I like the the guy who's playing the grandfather in this. He's mm. been in a like a bunch of like Chinese movies I've seen. Yeah, and he's always like really solid. He has. It's funny because I think the most of the movies I've seen him in, he's been uh, like a sort of a comedic actor. Mm. And so, man, comedic actors always, can always do drama so well, <laughs> you know. Uh, but uh, yeah, and so. They have to go into this building because now they're trapped in this cavern as the atmosphere is being sucked out by Jupiter. Uh, we get this we get this mission of them pulling everybody up through the elevator. Yeah, they got to go up the elevator shaft to the top of the building so they can get back onto the top of the ice so they can continue on. Yeah, but man, why would you put why would you anchor that on the floor of an elevator? <laughs> It just sounds like bad times. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. So we we get a we get the first self sacrifice type of things. Oh, actually, two self sacrifice. So everyone gets pretty much up there except one of the military guys and the grandfather. As the grandfather is falling, military guy who's Wolverining his way up this shack <laughs> catches him, throws him in, but then gets hit by an elevator. Right, because the elevator snaps and sucks. Um, but you know the grandfather, his his suit is leaking, so he knows he's gonna die. So he says it. He tries to talk to Q and say, "Hey, man, you gotta take care of your sister." Who he had. We get a, a beautiful, like, whole, beautifully haunting visual of like this ocean that's like frozen with people, which is super cool. But he saves this girl, and he talks about how they become a family. And, you know, please, you know, look after your sister. And then he takes off the helmet, freezes over. Yeah. Super sad. It is sad. <laughs> uh, but they get back onto the ice. Q is super mad at the captain because he let his grandfather die. And then they split up on their own separate ways. 
Yeah. Right, because the captain of the military squad is very mission oriented. Uh, not as good as Chris Evans, but he's there. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I mean, it really is. It's it's they they've got to get these lit or the the planet dies. Planet dies. Uh, uh, so you know they're make they're making their way. They're on foot, making their way to Hong. So I can't really say <laughs> they're making their way to another jet. Uh, Q, Dodo, and Tim find a truck that's been abandoned, or not abandoned, but is trap has been trapped. Right, and uh, it and it's got a lighter cube in it. I don't. What do they call them? The engine igniter engines. Yeah, yeah, igniter engines. Uh, but then Tim, uh, Dodo gets caught by Yi Yi, who is our D and D master. Which, like, for some reason, I don't know why he's super hostile at this point. Right? Oh, yeah. Uh, but Q tackles him to the ground, says that we're here and we're going to help you. And he's like, I can drive this transporter out of here, so let's go. And he's, like, super hyped. Uh, they meet up with the military people. Uh, at this point, the city that they were heading towards is, like, destroyed. And... You know, they all are acting irrationally. It's called a super hot military chick shoots the lighter core for no reason. I don't know. Right. It is wasting material, but it's because the captain is like tripping out. <laughs> it's, really, it's really hard. Oh, to it's do right. Because somebody dies, like freezes to death. And yeah, someone freezes to death. And he's but just the, like, who cares? Let's keep on going. Right. I mean, but, you know, he's very about. He's very. Uh, he has to be about the mission, you know. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, otherwise, what else does he have? Yeah. Uh, but you know, uh, Q. He comes there with the truck, and he's like, "We gotta go to to Sulawesi. To uh, it's one of the <laughs> engines that's on the equator. <laughs> right. And so he gives him another reason to do something. He gives him purpose. So they may, they trek out to Sulawesi, and one of the things that they do during this trek is they actually stop for gas. Right, yeah. Which is like, I was like, uh, if you guys followed the live tweet Wednesdays, I said, uh, I said on there, I was like, man, you do not want to be stuck here. Oh. There is no AAA for you. Right, yeah. <laughs> and so while at the, they're at this truck stop, we get uh it's pretty much for me i liked it because they had to go eat gas it made it a little more realistic yeah. because i mean they're they're traveling huge amounts of distance in these giant trucks that yeah. only take diesel right and they, <laughs> they don't get good gas mileage. uh but it, it it's really just a time for them to do more exposition without having to make it interesting it, like, there's not a lot of d- detailed or complicated plot devices in this movie <laughs> as you can tell that i had a hard time getting that out it tells you it's not really that detailed uh but you know we get a little bit more backstory why q so mad with his dad right yeah you know uh, it's mainly because his dad chose his for his mom to die which i mean really she was sick and during that time you know there, there's just no way that they can take care of her and I'm pretty sure they don't. They never go through this in the whole movie, but I'm pretty sure it was like a joint decision that she's like, "Let me just pass away." Um, that's what I would think too. But as a as a kid, you're you're not gonna see that. You're gonna be like, "Dad let mom die, so right. it's his fault." <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so. But you can tell this kid, this guy is really young at this point because he doesn't. You don't. You don't see things the way you see them when you're older. It, right. Yeah. You know. So I just felt like it was really. He was kind of a dick the whole time. <laughs> uh. But yeah. And he. But he does tell. He tells him when he's four. He's like, if you ever just look up, know that I'm there for you. Mm, yeah. Right? Yeah. And so. And it's a story for like for him when he's a kid. Um. So he can like. So we can always see his dad, you mm-hmm. know, his dad, Fievel, and you know, Fievel. <laughs> there's there's a reference that everyone younger than us won't get. 
And so it's at this point uh, that Moss executes the Helios project instead of the Wandering Earth project. Right. Because uh, Moss has realized, and everyone else has realized, a part of, that's a part of the United Earth government, that there is no way that Earth is going to make it out of gra- Jupiter's gravitation. Yes. Yeah, because uh, uh, computers run simulations on every possible Outcome. scenario and and everything is it's just the probability is it become it goes from a percentage to where it's probable to mere speculation yeah speculation was the word i was looking for last week <laughs> when when capital ran the test on the computer right Sunshine. so stop this go back to next week <laughs> add speculation into that and then and then come back Oh man, but no. Uh, so, what's it called? Uh, at that point, uh, Q remembers a conversation he had with his father. That his father said, "The next time you see me, you could see Jupiter from the from the Earth." Yeah. Without uh, without without a telescope and all that stuff. But he says that the the atmosphere on Jupiter is filled with nothing with nothing but helium, hydrogen, hydrogen. Sorry, hydrogen. Science is hard, guys. Uh, yeah, and so Q come all of a sudden go has like uh, an epiphany moment where because Jupiter has been siphoning off Earth's atmosphere, it's added oxygen. Right. And so if you just add a little fire in there, it would propel them off of uh, Jupiter's gravitational pull and let them go let them slingshot around Jupiter. Right. I was going to say it'll make a little explosion, but it'll make a massive explosion <laughs> that will then push Earth out, out of, of the way, out of the uh, out, out of the gravitational pull. Yeah. But yeah. But so before uh, that was during when Moss had the government, the worldwide announcement that the the navigation spaceship will now become the Helios project. And so now they're going for a mad scramble to Sulawesi. Yep. To restart that, and then uh, our Dungeons and du- uh, Dungeons and Dragons master Yi is actually uh, has a plan where he's going to shut off all the valves but one to create a beam long enough to reach Jupiter. Yeah. Yeah. So like like the the flame jet should. Help ignite the and and then push uh push Earth off of it, and so uh what's it called? We have this very like it's a very sentimental moment where like uh Dodo gets a hold of Captain Lou on the spaceship. Um, you know the the world government puts her through to everyone's comm system, and she like makes a plea to get help from everybody. Because they have one last plan, one last course of action that could possibly save Earth. Right. And all you need to rally up the rest of the world is a girl. <laughs> uh, no, no. She, she she makes a plea. It's really cool because everybody on this uh, in this world has instant translators. Right. So. right. And and everybody, since they've, they've changed it to the Helios Project, everybody knows that basically they're doomed. So... So that the plan is just like we're just gonna go home, spend the last few hours of our life, you know, with our family. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it's like we may have a chance, a chance, but yeah. we need everybody to help. Yeah, which is man, I feel like is so when they come to help push the pin in to a line or whatever like that, I feel like it's a lot more well deserved because there was like a course of action to bring everybody back. I'm right as reinforcements and what really made me think about it why it made more impact in this movie is uh you know when i watched rise of the skywalker <laughs> and all of a sudden lando has a whole entire fleet with him it didn't feel like that fuck yeah moment right no this felt much more like uh deserved like gandalf coming over the hill with- oh yes <laughs> uh <laughs> So so everyone pulls together all the engines uh, start this uh, twelve chimes of spring program that our D and D master Yi <laughs> had cultivated 
Uh, but it turns out they are 5,000 meters or 5,000 kilometers short of reaching the ignition point. And at this point, we get Captain Lou, who realizes that there's 300,000 gallons of fuel on the space on the spaceship, and it and it has a radius of, you guess it, 5,000 kilometers. <laughs> uh, you know, of course, you can save the world when you have plot armor, but. Uh, but man, we get like probably one of the most emotional self-sacrificing moments since Bruce Willis stayed on that meteor in Armageddon. <sighs> yeah. But man, I, the score that they played, the, the way that they shot it and then the way that they had the lighting, the sound go off, it, it goes into this very quiet where a moment where he's talking to Q who's mm. on the ground. And then the score is just like, it's soft. It's not hard hitting. Man, it, it got me. It got me. I teared up. And it was like the third time I watched it this week. I was like, why am I still tearing up? <laughs> I don't know. How did you like that moment, Kobe? I, but de- even dubbed, it was good. <laughs> no, it was, de- yeah, it was definitely. Yeah, I'm like, you, you, it, it plucked at your heartstrings. And, and it's, so it's that, you know, uh, that the dad being like, even though I was never there for you, and and I just you know and, but he's like, I hope you realize that I had to be away from you, to save you type of thing. Yeah, and and then like the countdown, uh, right, of him like, what is it? Because he says that if you just look up one more time, you'll be able to see me. Ugh, can't even talk about it. It's still too raw. <laughs> I'm already tearing up. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, he 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 decouples the hibernation ring that's been going on, and then he pulls the plane into the ignition point, and it gets it it gets it gets them the rest of the five thousand kilometers. Yeah, and so yeah, and then so they have seven minutes to all hunker down underground because the shockwave of this propel uh, prop- uh, <laughs> Uh, the, the propulsion, the propulsion explosion. thing, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, like it's a it's a massive explosion that's going to just rock the surface of the planet. I yeah, mean, it's gonna. Which I'm I'm still surprised that a lot of the uh, the engines didn't just like blow up or something. Uh, they kind of mentioned that that the uh, the D and D yeah about how the the propulsion jet would dissipate the explosion as it came towards that so yeah. that if they could if they could hide under the um, the earth engine the earth engines they would be safe uh, so at least they 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 try to cover their bases yeah you know? yeah uh but yeah you know we we get a little bit of that because the captain ends up saving dodo from like the collapsing debris and then he ends up dying and then they give him another like line too where he was like the final order is to live on. <laughs> oh, that could have been the quote for the episode. <laughs> but it's just like you can't have like two like little self-sacrificing things. It it lessened his self-sacrifice because the dad was still way right. more epic. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and then at this point, what's it called? Um. Uh, Q, Dodo, and Tim made it underneath the Earth engine, but the as the road is crumbling, they their car falls off. Mm. Uh, Tim, Tim catches himself. Q catches Tim, <laughs> Tim's legs. Uh, but Dodo doesn't catch anything, and we get a really cool like Spider-Man moment where he actually saves <laughs> someone he loves. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Man, when you think about it, Spider-Man is, does, is he's the epitome of, oh, you don't want to be loved by Spider-Man. <laughs> because there's a higher chance that you might die because of that. Yeah. Uh, no, but he, you know, he catches her and then he uses the tech that he's been um, pretty famous for is like this like humongous hamster ball. <laughs> uh, right, right. Ends up saving them. But then uh, the car comes crashing down. And then it slices through the blue, the hamster ball, and then we get a little fake out death. Right? Yeah, yeah cause you, I, I definitely thought he was. Yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, but we have a pretty much 
a sort of happy ending. Right. And then at the end, they kind of re re narrate the, 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 uh, Oh, the beginning of the movie. Yeah. But they add in the, the slingshot around Jupiter. Right. And so, yeah, we, we, we get a little bit of fake out. We don't really see, we know it's, if you had to read the subtitles, you know, Q is still alive. Uh, you know, <laughs> but, um, yeah, we see some of the people from the mission. We see the military guys, the two military guy, machine gun, mm-hmm. hot military chick, and then sidekick. <laughs> um, right. And hot military chick you thought was going to die. Cause she had, she got stabbed saving a uh, Q and Yee. Oh no, Dodo and Yee. Uh, but now she's like sort of bossing around Tim who you could tell was like really into her at the beginning. Um, but yeah, and then we, we, we get, uh, we get a shot of Q being partnered up with our D and D master Yee. And Dodo, who was a middle school student three years later, has decided to opt out of high school and become a co-pilot of the driving system. Yep. And yeah, and then we and then we get like a little exposition out where, you know, they're like we're just trying to make it to our new solar system. And then we get super cool credits. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the credits were uh, really well done. Yeah. It's like just an animated CG. It's like, yeah, I, I think it's like the storyboarding and all that stuff. And then like the computer graphics before everything else was applied to it, which is super cool. Uh, yeah. Co- it, it was one of those things where like, you're like Netflix, don't make that small and give me a trailer to something else. Let me go back to that. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. there, there we go. <laughs> uh, so Kobe, uh, what, what was your first impression of this movie? Um, so I saw this kind of right when it first came out on Netflix. Um, and yeah, I, I had not heard anything about it. It just kind of, it was just like the, Hey, Netflix recommends this for you. Um, and I usually watch those things cause <laughs> good or bad. I, I, I don't, oh uh, man, you don't, but, uh, you don't want to share a Netflix account with Colby. <laughs> uh, you'll never, <laughs> if you, if you like normal stuff. We we watch a lot of like off kiltered movies, and this was what that co- podcast is about. Yeah, right. right? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, uh, but yeah, no, I was I was really pretty impressed with it. Um, when I first saw it, um, and then it's kind of like rewatching it. I think I caught things. I mean, it's been a while, so maybe it's just memory. But I I feel like I caught things that I didn't the first time. Yeah, filled in spaces. Um. And, and like the science may not be good, but, but they, they give you explanations, um, for everything. So it's, you you don't have that like, well, they didn't explain why this happened. So yeah, that's just dumb because that couldn't happen. Um, (laughs) even if they throw bad, a little bit of bad science in there, it's still like, it's "Ah, something. Well, they said that this is so We'll just have to suspend reality and say, yeah, that's that's how yeah. it works. Uh, yeah, there's definitely, um, you know what? Uh, if you just leave the science part or whatever, the logical part of your brain at home, this is just a really fun sci-fi movie. I, right. You know? It's it kind of like you we were saying with like, sorry, I interrupt you. Uh, like with like that, like like anime, when you, you watch that you your brain doesn't ever question the science of that yeah. um, if you kind of bring that into like a movie like this it's so much easier to appreciate if you're not if you're not judging it like on the if you're not nitpicking everything yeah, yeah. definitely cuz i mean i think i remember the first time i watched this movie uh so i give movies like if i'm not like in the mood to watch a certain movie if i'm just browsing movies I'll give it like a like a thirty minute watch, mm. and then like you know I, I you know I'm I'm not saying that I'm not gonna watch the rest of it, but maybe I'm just feeling something else, and so I gave this yeah. a 30, 30 minute shot just because like you know with the last couple movies that I've seen it's like super heavy CG, but then the characters aren't interesting, the plot isn't interesting, and so kind of like uh, but this one kind of it kept me hooked because first of all space, <laughs> right. And that's that's all you really need space, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it kind of kept me engaged because not only was it like this sort of like uh, oh, what's that movie that world disaster movie with Jake Gyllenhaal, where like everything freezes over. Oh yeah, um, b- 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 point 
zero or uh, sub zero or <laughs> stop naming I, Mortal Kombat I characters. Oh <laughs> uh, no, it's like the when the days. No, uh, <laughs> end uh, of days. Something, something like there's that. There's like you know. Okay, so my point is that the, not only is this a space movie, it's a world disaster movie wrapped in one. Yeah, just super cool. Kobe, uh, did you have any favorite moments? Um, you always ask me this question. I should think about this m- more. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um I again, kind of like the the solar thing when uh, like or sunshine last week. We were talking about when they were going past uh, oh, planets. Uh, the Mer- when Mercury. you saw Mercury. Um, the first time they pull away and you see you see Jupiter's like siphoning the um the atmosphere the from atmosphere Earth was just uh, just phenomenal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm like there's a lot of great characters in it. Um, the machine gun thing t- that was totally unexpected when all of a sudden he brings out the machine gun <laughs> just to shoot a hole through the ice. But it was because like when he first starts shooting, I'm like. How science fiction is this movie going? What are they shooting at? Is it like giant ants out there? Yeah. Uh, were you disappointed that he was just shooting to cut a hole through the I, ice? No, it, it made a lot more sense. <laughs> oh, man. Well, like, you can think about it a little bit. I have a couple. Um, when Moss tells the Earth that, that the navigation space station is going into the Helios project and he starts to machine gun Jupiter. <laughs> uh, That's right. Hashtag relatable. <laughs> um, another favorite moment is as they're transporting in into the crevice or in the canyon in mm. Shanghai, uh, uh, throw up helmet guy. He's like, as they're having turbulence, he's like, death is normal. But then the moment they start having turbulence, he throws up in his helmet and he tries to fight I believe Q for his helmet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh no, it's Tim. He tried to fight Tim for his helmet. Uh, super gross. And oh man, uh, one of my other well, you know, besides like uh, what's it called Captain Lou's uh, death, uh, right? Just like that whole part. I mean, that's you know, it's a pretty major point in the film. So of course, that's going to be one of my more favorite parts in it. But one of my other favorites is uh, helmet throw up guy. He's in the server room. Right. And before he could start calculating how to do all of these plugs, he takes out a cigarette. <laughs> like, old habits save human races, guys. I don't know what to tell. Right, right, right. Uh, no, but you know, but then what's it called? Uh, they went, after they go through another earthquake, he gets knocked down and then he finish. He This is where he redeems himself because he finishes the last plug and then he passes away. Mm. But I just, I just love his character because like before they embark on this whole last mission, he prays to all of the past science scientists, <laughs> and he says like different kind of like greetings for them, which is uh, yeah I think that's so funny. Um, <laughs> oh god, did you think? I was like me? Tim was such a fun character. There was like a lot of a lot of great scenes, even though he was a little bit comic relief. Oh, he's um, definitely comic relief. But I also think Tim might have been a statutory rapist. <sighs> or a rape. <laughs> I don't know if that was like a rape joke or what. Because when they first see uh when they first get out of there, Tim Tim goes, Oh, I swear it, it I swear she said I could we could do it. <laughs> it was consensual. It was consensual. <laughs> I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> but then, you know, he doesn't specify a girl. Like he said doesn't specify if it was like a human, oh right. <laughs> oh man! But oh, there yeah. was there was a uh, there was a great scene when uh, where uh, Q and, and Tim are tethered together, mm-hmm. and they're uh, and and you feel like Tim is going to sacrifice himself to save yeah save Q, and it just ends up being hilarious. But <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a lot of there's a lot of moments in here where there's like sketchy. Like the sketchy moonwalk or like spacewalk that they had to do, and then Tim, uh, Tim and Markov say the same thing where they're like super down to do it, but they're also like, Pull me up, I don't want to die. Yep, yep. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, and then Markov's death where he like pushes uh, Captain Lou to get to the central command station, and th- their whole dynamic where like, you know, even if we don't, if we're not able to 
go salmon fishing, you know, our children's children, children will be able to. Right. And, you know, of course, like there's probably no way that their children will ever meet, maybe. But it's just like the the message of it is that like not only our children, but everyone else's children at some point in time after we save. Yeah, yeah. It's not about us. It's about the future generations. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, My only gripe about this movie is that when they get to Sulawesi Station, there's a whole bunch of Filipinos running out. So you guys kind of made us look bad. I don't know why. (laughs) Uh, I think I believe that we would have stayed and helped if you guys had a plan. That's all I'm saying. Uh, we're going to go to our rating system now, guys. Uh, so if you guys, if this is your first episode, our rating system is stream it, DVD it, Blu-ray it, and Ultimate Collection it. Uh, yep. Kobe, what, uh, what would you say? Uh, this is this is a fantastic movie. It's beautiful. Um, I could definitely see if you did like a Blu-ray or something that there would be a ton of extra features has got to be a a making of and i'd like you know interviews with uh all the all the cast all the cast um yeah i i could definitely i'm not sure what you'd get uh going ultimate box set uh you would get the case that is in the shape of a globe a working globe With all the little jets on one side, and when you when you open it up to pull the movie out, it like the jets light up. Oh, Oh. (laughs) I might might go for that. Uh, But yeah, I wouldn't. I would definitely Blu-ray this. This is this is very cool. Yeah. Um, and like it's it's right now it's Netflix. Netflix will probably have it for a while because it was a Netflix exclusive. Yep. Out here, so uh, yeah. If you if you don't want to if you don't want to buy it, and you just want to check it out. I mean, like definitely jump on there and and and, and check give it, it a out. watch. Uh, yeah, I'm actually I'm in the same boat. Um, I definitely would watch it Blu-ray. I feel like uh, a lot of the CG that they use wasn't it wasn't too gratuitous, and um, I right. think it was pretty well placed. Like obviously when they get to the service and then all the cars and stuff, that one was a little bit more noticeable with the CG. Uh, but for the most part, like, you know, it was really cool that they had the whole set for inside the truck mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, God, the shots of like the planet uh, being like you said, being siphoned by Jupiter and then just the shots of Jupiter by itself. It's like really beautiful uh, when they do the spacewalk. Like the ship, it really felt like there was a ship there. Instead I, yeah. Of yeah. So, yeah, I, I would definitely if they had like a. If I had a 4K TV and they had a 4K version of this, <laughs> yeah. I definitely think it would hold up. I definitely would like to watch this. Yeah, I don't know if they still have. It's like the 3D TV still a thing. No, uh, I mean our our TV downstairs is a 3D, and I've never used it once. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was saying, like, there's probably parts of this movie that would be very oh really cool in t- uh, 3D. Yeah, right? yeah, I think it'd be like pretty minimal though, because there's not. That many sh- things flying at the screen, I guess. I, but I, I don't like, um, like was, uh, Journey to the Center of the Earth. That movie was all about things flying at your face, and I hated that 3D movie. Like that movie <laughs> didn't need to be 3D at all. Is that the one with Brendan Fraser or The Rock? Uh, the Rock. Oh. Just like it was all about let's throw things at the audience. Uh, where then I also saw Prometheus. in 3d and that was like beautifully done 3d because they used it to make all the caverns in the cave deep like they used it they used it in a very very different way there was like i don't even know if there was anything that ever jumped out at you oh probably like the face hugger maybe I don't even remember it. I don't ever remember like the jump scare with that. Yeah. Uh, but just like they used it in ways where it made things seem deep and made things seem bigger than life. Oh, um, yeah, that's a, that's a really, it like sort of like immerses you even further into the story it, yeah. without being too distracting. Right. We're like here in like space. I could totally see like um, they giving a lot of depth to that, like, 
Earth and Jupiter passing each other, yeah. or a lot of depth to the the, the ship and it's you know rotating, rotating. In, in space and stuff. I might have gotten motion sickness. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, now you know it's really cool. I remember I when I was uh, visiting my cousin in Chicago, uh, they took me to like one of the only 4D theaters in America. Mm. And so it'd be really cool to watch a space movie in 4D with wow. the 3D in it. So it adds like the air coming at you. Right. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. This would have been really cool in 3D though, I guess. Cause then, yeah, like you said, like you, you, you get more depth to things. And if you like make it like subtle or if you just add depth to it, it'll immerse, immerse you more into the movie. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, any any final thoughts on the film, Kobe? Um, I just it was just a it was a well thought out uh, movie. Like I said, like disbel you suspend. suspend your disbelief on some of the science and stuff like that, and just take it for what what they did. And and if you don't nitpick it, I mean, you'll have like a fun time. It, yeah, definitely a fun movie. Yeah, and I mean, there's like. It's it's pretty much a family movie as well, just because there's like strong familial messages into it. Oh right, yeah. You know, where you have where you hit so many things like, you know, uh, what's it called you know, a son being raised by his grandfather. Right. And, you know the grandfather uh, saving this girl. Yeah. Who becomes like Dodo, like the little sister. Uh, what's it called? You know the dad having to go off into space to not only help his son but the entire human race and all that stuff uh, you get you get people coming together to even though they like there's a higher chance that they're not gonna succeed in this plan you know instead of like going home and wallowing in into your impending doom they at least try to do something to yeah, yeah and then there's a pretty powerful part where where he uh he kind of gives a message about how he wants to save his son, and he does, you know, that um, not that he's want willing to sacrifice anybody to, but that he's willing to try something different that may not work, so that he has the the chance, and the like the world leaders um, are like, oh yes, no, but we're also family, and we're also. Yeah, well, know, fathers, well, so we understand, and yeah. yeah, and then so the United Earth government says that we choose to believe in hope, yeah, right? Rather than like logical, like a logical thought process, right? Because Moss even says that Moss isn't evil, really. He's just he's following his orders, his programming, and all that stuff. And then before he gets like uh, melted down by the moonshine that Markov gave him. You know, this is probably the most hell thing he says that, you know, uh, even in their impending doom, humans are illogical. <laughs> right. I, and it was actually a pretty cool filming effect because, like, there's a different version of him in every part of the ship. Yeah. And as he gets, like, there's the very light white painted version of him that seems much friendlier. Yeah. Um, and then as they move from room to room and the story gets deeper and darker, um, he gets gray and then black. And it's like his like red camera looks more <laughs> like an evil eye. And yeah. as he has more control over the people, he's like he, he darkens up. And so it's a I thought that was a very kind of cool. Like, yeah, it's like, choice it's like a on filming on. It's a gradient of him, not like not him being evil, but him just, you know, right? Yeah, going from your friend to your leader. Yeah, <laughs> man. But I, I, I just don't know why they always choose red for these eyes. I, I wish they choose like blue or something, <laughs> but red because red is so misleading and menacing, you know. Oh right, but I, th it kind of they were they were fighting at the end. Yeah. Uh, so it's. Yeah. It kind of fits. Yeah. All right. Well, we are getting to our hour, hour mark, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Please check out our previous episodes if you want to catch up. Uh, if you guys have any uh, themes that we that you guys want us to do or any comments or just want to review us, uh, hit us up on our iTunes account or you could send us a message on our Gmail that's on the show notes. 
Uh, or you can DM us or tweet at us uh, also on the show notes. Right. And like us, share us. Yep. Give All us that a comment. <laughs> but I hope you guys enjoyed it. I'm Barry. And this is Colby. And this is who watches this. If you guys want to check out who does our theme music, it's Lee Rosevere. It's Arcade Montage. Her band cap is down below. Thank you.